We're talking a lot in Wednesday nights. We call it healing school. So we talk along the lines of divine healing, what, how God has provided healing for our bodies, but we also teach a lot on faith. We're gonna teach on faith tonight. We're gonna mention healing and use those as examples, but realize that faith works the same in every area. I could tell you this, you could take what you hear tonight and change every area of your life to make it come in line with the Word of God. Every area. Every area. So, if you look and take an aerial view of Jesus' ministry, about 66 to 75% of all the people that were healed in the earthly ministry of Jesus received their healing based on their faith. We always have this idea, in, in much of the body of Christ, we have this idea that Jesus, he just healed everybody because he had ultimate power and he was the son of God, but he never did anything on this earth as the son of God. He, the Bible says he laid aside all of his godly attributes and he took upon himself flesh and he lived his life as an example. So as we see how people received, the, the word of God would always emphasize their faith. So we want to look at this. Because, because we receive based on our faith, if that's the way it was in Jesus' ministry, that's the way it's going to be today. Right? Especially for us as his children. So in Mark Go, go ahead and turn here. Mark chapter 6, verse 5. We see, and we've seen this a couple times in the ministry of Jesus. You know, you'll have people say, well, you know, Jesus, uh, sometimes, sometimes God will heal you. Sometimes he'll say no. Sometimes he'll say wait. And that might sound real religious, but it's not Bible. That's nowhere in the Bible. This is one example and really, these, there's, there's two times that this happened to Jesus, and it's the same thing both times. In Mark chapter 6, in verse 5, it says, And he, talking about Jesus, could there do no mighty work, save that he laid hands upon a few sick folk. That word sick in the Greek means people that had minor ailments. Nothing major. And he healed them. Verse 6 and he marveled because of their unbelief. So when he went to his own hometown, he marveled at their unbelief. They, they would not believe. He, it's amazing that Jesus was still able to get a few people with minor ailments. So in the midst of all this unbelief, a few people still got healed of some minor stuff. You know, guys, this is... this is kind of a picture of where we're at today. But we're coming to an end of that. And I believe healing's going to break out to the point where we're going to be able to go back like James says, hey, is there any among you that are sick? Is there anybody? Because, you know, there might be a couple. No, no, we, you know, God wants to eradicate sickness and disease from the church. And listen, if you have symptoms in your body today, don't buy the lie that, you know, well, you know, I'm just not as strong of a believer because I'm in the middle of this. No, 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 no. Has nothing to do with it. We have all faced things. The enemy's going to come at all of us, right? So whether you're in a battle right now or you're going to be or you have been, listen, we get built up and we stick together, right? Right? See, if, I'm, if I have no symptoms in my body, but I have a brother or sister that has symptoms in their body, listen, the Bible's very clear. We're one spirit. So we're one. So I'm going to hook up with him, and I'm going to focus on helping him or her walk free from that. And that's what we do in the church. Faith is of key importance to get people to receive their healing. Faith. Right? I can say that a hundred times and that light will start going on. Faith is of utmost importance in you receiving your healing tonight. In you receiving whatever you need. So let's look at it. 
the basics of faith, or we call them the ABCs of faith, and you could see them in the ministry of Jesus. A, what is faith? Right? The B's of faith would be how faith comes. Well, what would the C of faith be? I'm so glad you asked. How do I use or how do I release my faith? Right? You know these three things and you get equipped with the word of God in these three areas. You know how to operate effectively in understanding how faith comes. Right? How, how, how does it come? So it doesn't come by not taking medicine. It doesn't come by not going to a doctor. Foolish things. Right? It doesn't come by prayer. The Bible doesn't say faith comes by prayer. You could ask God all day long to increase your faith. Right? And he will respond to you, hear the word. Hear the word. Because faith only comes one way. Right? How does faith come? How does it come? Hearing the word. And hearing the word. And hearing the word. Well, what is faith? Well, we have to know what that is to even know how it comes, right? And then how you got, but it's not even enough to have faith. You got to know how to use your faith. You got to know how to release your faith. So I want to talk to you about that tonight. So what is faith? Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. You guys ready? So we're going to learn the alphabet tonight. So this is kindergarten. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now, this, this will really define what faith is. Okay? So let's break it down. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is. Faith is always now. It's always present tense. It's never future. One of the biggest things the enemy will try to do to you is put your faith in time. And he will say, when's it going to, when are you going to see it? When are you going to see it? Why don't you see it now? Well, when are you going to see it? But faith is now. Now, what is faith? Faith is how we receive everything from God. And it's now. And it says now, keep going. Faith, now faith is the substance. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now faith is the substance. This word substance means confidence. You could say now faith is the confidence. You could also translate this word realization. Now faith is the realization of things hoped for. Faith is substance. Or you could say it this way, faith gives substance. What is substance? Something that you can see and feel, right? It's what gives substance to what? To the, of things hoped for. So let's look at hope. Hope is for things that are not seen and things that are not now. If you can see it in your life, you don't have to hope you have it. You'll know it, right? So this is for things you can't see. So like if you have sickness or disease in your body, you're hoping for healing. But you can't see it because you, you don't see it in this realm yet. That's why you're hoping. Okay? Keep this in mind. The word hope in the Greek, the, this word hope here is not like natural hope, where if I play the lottery, I hope I win, which means I may win or I may not. I mean, would not, I, I would really enjoy winning the lottery. I, the, the problem with me is I, I never bought a lottery ticket. So, you know, but, I, but I've asked the Lord. I'm like, hey, give me the numbers. You know what I'll do with the money, but you know, he's never given me the numbers. Interesting. Interesting. So now faith 
is the substance. It gives substance to what I can't see in my life right now. It's something that, that is in, the fu- in my future. But the Greek word means a joyous, confident expectation. It's no longer if I may win or I may not win. No, with, with God, it's I'm full of joy and I'm confident and I'm expecting because God, if he said it's mine and he did it for me, then although I can't see it, it's still mine. So it's not if I'm going to be healed or if, if my life is going to be above only and not beneath or if I'm going to have the victory, I may win, I may lose. Not as a child of God, no. Hope is I know I've already won, so I know I'm going to see the victory. Do you see that? So now faith, Give substance to the thing that I'm expecting. Do you see that? Faith gives substance to the thing that I'm expecting. Now, what is my hope? The hope that we're talking about, the hope that I'm talking about is based on what God has said. God has said things like this. Tony, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He said, Tony, all things are possible to those that believe. Tony, I, as your father, will always cause you to triumph in Christ. All of my promises are yes and amen in Christ. Faith is your victory. Right? So all of these things, my hope is built on what God has said. That's why I can expect it. So how can I get in this realm what I'm expecting? Faith. Okay? So keep that in mind. Let's keep going. Hope, in other words, is an expectation of a future certainty. So my hope is an expectation of a future certainty. So now here I am with symptoms in my body or pain in my body or lack in my finances or whatever, but if I see that God has said and given me a promise that in Christ he's already given me healing, he's already met my needs, then now, man, it's a future certainty. Faith will give some substance to the, and it's a future certainty. It gives substance to the thing that I'm expecting to happen. And then it goes on to say, the evidence, this Greek word means the proof of things that are not seen. Now that's a little vague, but if you study the Greek words, it literally means the proof that I have what I cannot see with my senses. So although I can't see it, I can't hear it, I can't taste it, I can't smell it, I can't feel it, my faith is the proof that I still have it. Okay? So now faith, will sum it all up, is the confidence of things expected. Faith is the proof that I have what cannot be perceived by my senses. I haven't. Well, isn't it true that I have it? We have to look to the Word of God to see. Another way to say this is now faith gives substance to the thing that I am expecting or the things that I am expecting. Faith is the proof that I have what I cannot perceive with my senses. It is faith that makes it a reality in my life. Faith. Most have faith to receive from God, or or most, well, I should say it this way, most are struggling to ever be in faith, and this is why because they're looking at natural things to tell them whether or not it's really true. 
yeah, I know God said it, but I, got, I need some evidence. Well, your faith is your evidence. Right? So, so God, when you were saved, gave you, a, you and I a measure of his faith. We all have the same measure, it's for, but, it's, but it's very individualized for our, for our walk. But we have to, it, faith is like a muscle. We have to, we can, we can grow strong in faith. We could be, we, we could have weak faith. A lot of, in the Greek, a lot of times it's puny or a short burst of faith. But we want to grow in faith. Why? Because it'll help us to lay hold. It'll help us to lay hold. Faith is of the unseen. Right? It's, what, what do I mean by that? Faith is of your spirit. Another way to say this is faith is a spiritual force. It's not natural. It's not something I can see. It's not something I can feel. It's not something that I could perceive with my senses. Which means that I could be strong in faith while I have all this, all hell breaking loose in my life and I don't feel really good. Does that make sense? So, so don't let the enemy talk you out of faith and tell you you're not in faith. You'll know if you're in faith because you'll be growing to become fully persuaded. You, you will grow into this. Faith is for the unseen. It's for the spirit of man. Faith is for things, as we just said, not seen and not yet. So let me say this. You're not in faith at all if you're judging the truth of God's word by the circumstances that you can see. You're not in, you're not in faith. And the reason why I got to say that is, man, have you ever thought you were in faith, but you really weren't? Right? We all have. Faith is what receives from God. Faith is how you receive from God. It's how you grab hold of these promises in the unseen realm, the spirit realm, and bring them in to the seen realm. Faith, in other words, is of the heart. It's of your spirit. It's a product of your spirit. Faith is a spiritual force. It's a spiritual force. You exercise this out of your spirit, and we're going to tell you how to do that tonight. Faith is never a physical force. So you're not going to be able to feel it. Okay? Pastor, you're going over and over the same thing. Oh, I know. It's okay. It takes me a while to get it, so I'm just going to keep going over and over it, right? And hopefully it'll help you too. It says here in Romans 10.10, in Romans 10.10, it says, for with the heart, with, with the heart, that's talking about man's spirit, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So with the heart man believes, but with the mouth confession, it's the Greek word homo, Logeo, confession is made unto salvation. Another way to say that, with the heart man believes, and as you say the same thing about your situation that God says, that's homo logeo, that's how you partake of your salvation. Okay? So, as an example, in Mark 5, Mark chapter 5, verse 34, it says, it's the woman with the, who was healed with the issue of blood, Right? It says here in verse 34, Jesus said to her, Daughter, your faith has made thee whole. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Your faith. See, why did God emphasize her faith instead of the healing power of God? Because the healing power of God is voice-activated. Or you could say it's faith-activated. 
to receive anything from God, you're going to have to believe it in your heart and then speak it out of your mouth. Okay? So we're talking about what faith is. Now remember, faith, it, it grabs something in the unseen realm. And there is an unseen realm. So in 2 Kings, you don't have to turn there unless you want to. 2 Kings chapter 6, in verse 15, I'm not going to read the whole story, but this is about Elisha and Gehazi, his servant. So basically, this will give us a great picture of this unseen realm. So what we're talking about is we have this natural realm, right? And then we have this unseen, or we call it the spirit realm. The Bible says that everything that we can see was made by things we can't see. So everything that we can see was made by the unseen realm. The unseen, the spirit realm, is greater than the physical realm. And in the unseen realm is where all these blessings are. Okay? So now let's look at this. So 2 Kings 6, verse 15. It says, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, so Gehazi got up early, and he went forth, and behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. They were coming to get Elisha. So this king brought this massive army and surrounded the city with horses and chariots to come get them. So here's this little servant. Gehazi's getting up early, feeling really good, enjoying the morning, having his cup of Starbucks. And all of a sudden, he's like, good feeling gone. You've got armies that are going to come to get them. He's a little freaked out, right? And says, and his servant said unto Elisha, said unto him, Alas, master. And if you look, it's so funny, the King James translator put an exclamation point there. Like, he's a little freaked out right now, right? Alas, master, my master, how, how shall we do? How shall we do? I think that's hilarious. It's almost like, what shall we do, right? But when you're stressed, how many of you just say weird things, right? Verse 16, and he answered, here's what, now think about Elisha. This is a picture of who you and I are. We are surrounded by something that could take us out, something that's so far beyond us. And, and, and look, at, look at Elisha. He's just not, he's not upset at all. Sounds a lot like James. Pastor James goes, listen guys, count it all joy when you fall into various temptations, test trials and affliction. Knowing this, that man, when your faith is tried, it produces patience. And patience, man, it causes you to rock, kick butt, and you, you, you end up entire wanting nothing. So look at Elisha here. And he answered, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So you can imagine Gehazi. Okay, sounds great. Where are they? Right? And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So if you could imagine, there's all these horses and chariots of this army right around the city, but in the mountains that surround the city, they're filled with horses and chariots of angels. Now, we have a record of one angel in one night that killed 186,000 soldiers with one sword. I think I figured it out. It was something like every 24 seconds, man. Every time an angel appears to anybody, what's the first thing they say? Fear not, because I know I'm really intense looking, right? Right? So, so here, Elijah's praying. Do you think that those horses and chariots showed up when Elisha prayed? No, they were already there. 
But, but Gehazi couldn't see him. Now, could Elisha see him? I don't believe he could. I think he just knew they were there. Right? In the same way, the Bible is really clear. Why do we study the book of Revelation? So you get a revelation of Jesus that he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. His kingdom not only will never end, but it's going to keep increasing until all the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our God. And he is greater than anything you and I will ever face in our lives. This is, so, so Elisha knew something. you got to know the greater one on the inside of you. He's greater than anything you're facing. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, in every way. You have been given incredible things. The Bible says all things that pertain to life and godliness, you already were given them the minute, well, you were given them 2,000 years ago. So when you showed up on the scene and got born again, they're all yours. Right? You've been given everything that pertains to life and godliness. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So it says here, and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What are we saying? There is a veil that keeps us from seeing beyond this natural realm. It keeps us from seeing beyond the natural realm into the spirit realm. One of the nine gifts and manifestations of the Holy Ghost as defined in 1 Corinthians 12, is the discerning of spirits. What that is, is where God opens our eyes and we can see into the spirit realm. And, and you could see angels, you could see demons. It, 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 why, why is that? That's sever- the Holy Spirit does it as he wills. I know in my life, I've only seen angels once. I've seen demonic, demonic or demons. I've seen that of several times usually always for the purpose of knowing what's behind somebody that I'm ministering to. You know, but that's all that is. But this is what happened to Gehazi. He saw that greater. There's a veil. So let's think about this veil. So there's a veil. This is what this is. So you can't see behind the veil. So this is the physical realm. Treat this as the spirit realm. I can't see But I can use my faith, the spiritual force of faith, to reach and grab things that God says he's already given me. My healing and everything, right? But there's also another way. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So that spiritual force of the love of God is once sent Jesus through the veil into this earth realm. Do you see that? So we got to talk about this. So many people get in faith, but don't stay in faith because they don't understand this. Because they got to feel something. And all they're doing is buying the lies of the enemy. Faith will reach through the veil and receive everything that God's given you. So let's say... This bottle represents healing. Faith, I couldn't see it, but see, I know that he said, by his stripes I was healed. So I reach as I believe that, by your stripes, Father, I was healed. Well, if I was, I am, so I lay hold of my healing. So right now, I can't see it, I can't feel it, nothing, but I have it. Okay, so keep that in mind. Our faith is a spiritual force that works from our side to God's side to seize hold of the blessings he's already said he's given us. Okay? How faith comes. So keep that in mind. That's what faith is. Faith, what? It gives substance to the thing that I'm expecting. My faith is the proof that I have what I can't see. Okay? Keep that in mind. So, how does faith come? Romans 10, 17, as we said before. You could turn in your Bibles. I want you to look at this one. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. 
So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, in order to really understand this, you've got to understand that it's not saying that faith comes by listening. No, it comes by hearing. Hearing is where you have God, you've placed God's word first place and you're allowing God's word to speak to your heart. When that happens, when you put the word first place, when I come to church, every time I come to church, Father, I thank you tonight. I have a receptive heart and I have, I have ears that hear. I, I, your word is first place in my life. I submit to your word. I put it above everything. I give it my undivided attention. I have ears to hear. When I allow the word of God to speak to my heart, when God's word speaks to my heart, faith is there. That's how it comes. Faith comes by hearing God's word. So, what will God's word do? God's word, think of it like this, God's word will give you an inventory list of everything he says he's already given you. So now, if I know that he said he's given me something, I have a future certainty that I'll see it because he always, he always brings to pass what he says. Right? Jesus, he's the high priest of my profession. Jesus watches over his word to perform it in my life. So it gives me an inventory list. So if you have a problem tonight and you see your answer in the word of God, it's already yours. Lay hold of it with your faith. Real simple. Healing is part of the blessing of God that's been given to you. The word of God, it produces faith. Why? Because it will tell you what belongs to you. It produces faith. When God speaks to you and says, listen, Pastor Edwin, you can do all things through the anointed one and his anointing who strengthens you. I mean, literally, that is settled in heaven. It, when you hear those words, when you go from a, just a listener, like you're, you, you got all this stuff going on in your life, and you're just fitting God into your life, you, you'll listen to that, and you might even get a little excited about it, but the minute pressure comes, you'll let it go. Because you you'll look for proof that it's real in this physical realm, and you won't see that. Because believing is seeing. Seeing's never believing right? So, but, but if Pastor Edwin will put the word of God and reverence it and go, man, if God spoke it, he'll do it. He'll bring it to pass in my life. And now all of a sudden, he, what does he do with that? When he hears the word, you get excited about it. You just start meditating on it. The word meditate means to mutter. You say it over and over again to yourself. The Holy Spirit is the agent of divine revelation. He's down in your spirit, and he's etching that on your spirit. And all of a sudden, when he opens that word in your heart, light comes. The entrance of his word or the opening of his word brings light. And when that comes now, the word on the inside will speak to you. And when you hear it, faith is there. That means you're fully persuaded now that what you can't see, you can't, you can't perceive it with your senses, you're fully persuaded that it's yours. That, that I, although, although I can't see it, I have it. That person will never not walk in, in all that God has for him. So now faith has a counterfeit, right? Faith has a counterfeit. We, it's like a natural human faith, but it's different. Because like today, did any of you, I didn't see any of you come in here and kind of feel the chair and just kind of ease down to make sure it would hold you. No, you just came in and plopped down on the chair. Why? Because you, you've sat in these chairs a lot. So you know they'll hold you. And, and you've seen a lot of other people. You, you haven't heard anything pop and then somebody rolls out on the floor, right? So you've been trained 
naturally to just believe in the chair. Tonight, some of you are believing more in that chair to hold you than you're believing in the creator of all things to pay your electric bill. How silly is that? Well, it's silly, but see, your flesh is silly. That sin nature in your flesh is ridiculous. But it doesn't have to be that way. And I know I'm preaching to the choir with this. Natural human faith will look at what's perceived by the senses and then act on it. Right? It just, that's natural faith. One of the greatest failures in the church world today is ministers preaching sermons about men's ideas, men's thoughts, men's theories, right? About social relevant issues. We're taking time in the pulpit to speak to the glorious church about social relevant issues and men's theories and thoughts instead of telling us who we are in Christ and what we've been given. Why is that important? Because all this stuff, men's theories, although it may sound really cool, relevant issues may sound really cool, all that stuff is information, and information won't help you. Faith comes by hearing. That's what's going to help you. So if you want a lot of that social relevant stuff, just go watch TV after you leave here, because you're probably not going to hear a lot of it here. Actually, if you do, I'm in the right place right now, and I would tell you, if you hear too much of that stuff, men's theories, or if you hear even a little bit of it, just leave, run. Pastor, I'll pray for you, but I can't be here. I've got to come to a place where the word is taught so that I know what's mine, and so faith is built so I could lay hold of it, because you've got to lay hold of it. Only God's word produces faith. Only God, isn't this, this is so profound. But you, you might be sitting here tonight thinking, how simple is this? It is. Faith is simple. Only God's word produces faith. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Faith does not come by praying. Faith does not come by begging God. And the only way you could receive from him is through faith. Hearing God's word is the only means by which you can receive this spiritual force called faith and use your faith to reach through the veil, right? To reach through this veil and receive in this realm the blessing of God. That, it, that's, I'd like to tell you it's something different, but it's not. Actually, I wouldn't like to tell you it was something different because it's wonderful the way he set this up. So now we've talked about what faith is, how faith comes. Now let's talk about how to release your faith because this is the area where we have the most problem. This is the area where we have the most problem. Many are misled because they believe this. If I only had enough faith, everything would work out. This is why our pastor in California made it very clear to his staff. If you ever tell somebody that they don't have enough faith to be healed, know this, that will be your last moment on staff at this church. You're instead, that's a fireable offense. You could still be here, we'll love you, I'll forgive you, but you won't ever be here on staff. Because, see, you could have a heart full of faith and still die of sickness and disease if you don't know how to release your faith. So Acts chapter 14, let's turn there. You've got to know how to release your faith. Another way to say that is you've got to know how to use your faith. Acts chapter 14, verse 5. Acts chapter 14, verse 5. This is, this is a story about the crippled man at Lystra. So, it's, and this is talking about Paul and Barnabas. It says, and when there was an assault made, both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews, 
with their rulers to use them despitefully and to stone them. So Paul and Barnabas are like, okay, the Jews and the Gentiles want to mess us up and ultimately stone us and kill us. What did they do? When they were aware of it, verse 6, they fled unto Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia, and unto the region that lieth round about. Verse 7. And there they preached the gospel. So they went to this place. They fled unto Lystra and Derbe, the cities of Lyconia, to the region that lies around that area. And what did they do? They preached the gospel. What does the gospel include? It includes the complete redemptive work of Jesus. Okay? Which includes healing. So it says here, And there sat a certain man at at Lystra. He was impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb. So he had never been able to walk his whole life. He had no paradigm. He had no concept of what it, what it is to walk. He saw other people walk, but he had no concept of him walking because he was crippled. Right? Verse 9, the same man, talking about the same man, heard Paul speak. Now we know that this man did more than just listen. This man heard it. I see it when I'm preaching, when all of a sudden it'll go off in somebody and they hear it. You can see it on their face. More than just listen, this man heard it. That means he accepted what Paul was saying as he was preaching the gospel. He accepted it as truth. Paul had to be talking about how healing was part of this thing with Christ. Otherwise, how would faith to be healed have come, right? The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him. So Paul noticed this guy, and he's looking at him. He's steadfastly beholding him, and he perceived that he had faith to be healed. But notice, he was sitting there crippled with faith to be healed. So he, faith came, right? But he didn't know how to release his faith. Now, if if the service would have ended and Paul would have just moved on, that man would have remained crippled. Right? So look at what Paul did. When Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed, he said with a loud voice, Stand up right on your feet. What? Paul, he's crippled. And you're yelling at this guy in front of all the people, stand upright on your feet. He had never done that. He couldn't do that. It was impossible for him to do that. But see, he heard, he heard the gospel. So that means he became fully persuaded, right? He was fully persuaded that he could walk. But he didn't know how to act on it. So Paul says, stand upright on your feet. What did he do? And he leaped and walked. So how did he use his faith? See, he couldn't see his healing. But when he heard Paul preach, he grabbed hold of it. He knew he had it. And so how he, act, how, he, how he acted on it was he did something he couldn't do. And when he did something he couldn't do, then he did something he couldn't do. So the power of God manifested and he was not crippled anymore. It said he leaped and walked. See, this man had to understand how to use his faith to lay hold of his healing. See, this whole story does away with the concept that if you have enough faith, you would be healed. 
because you got to know how to release your faith. Now we're giving examples of one way to release your faith is acting. It's acting on your faith. The man had to use faith to reach through the veil and receive his healing. He acted on what he believed. So his actions followed the belief that came out of his heart. The reason why many don't receive is that they're waiting to see something before they believe it. They see themselves as sick and are waiting to see a change in their body before they believe they're healed. See, the spiritual force of faith, it has to have an outlet. You have to use your faith. You have to release your faith. I mean, if you're in a war situation and you have a gun and somebody's coming at you with a big sword, but you got this massive automatic machine gun and, and you're just, you know you'll lose unless you release. You have to pull the trigger and release it. Well, this man's trigger was standing up and walking. But another great trigger is your mouth. You walk around all day, Father, I thank you that I'm healed Amen. by the stripes of Jesus. Right? How can a crippled man stand up? See, what was Paul doing? Paul, being led by the Spirit of God, was challenging this man to see himself well and then act on what he saw on the inside of him. That's what was happening. He was asked to do what he could not do. The healing, the healing came when the man acted on what he could not do. So now let's look at the ministry of Jesus real quick. In Luke chapter 6, verse 6, this is talking about the man with the withered hand was healed. So in Luke 6, 6, for time's sake, I'm just going to read this story. It says, it says, and it came to pass also on another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue. And he taught, he taught... I wonder, I wonder if healing was in the teaching. And he taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. It was drawn up. He couldn't, it was all drawn up. He couldn't, he couldn't extend it at all. And the scribes and Pharisees watched him, watched Jesus, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day that they might find an accusation against him. Are these guys out to lunch or what? They're looking at him. They're seeing the guy. Hey, you know what? Joe, he has this withered hand. He's been coming forever. Come on over here. Jesus is coming to the synagogue. It's the Sabbath. Man, I, you know, he always heals everybody, so let's just catch him. Is that ridiculous? Be, be happy for the guy, right? But it says here, but Jesus knew their thoughts. How did he know their thoughts? Because he was the son of God? No. The Holy Spirit would have told him that. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand. He told him, rise up and stand forth in the midst. So he had the guy stand up in front of everybody. And then look at what he said. When the guy stood up, Jesus said unto them, I will ask one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil? To save life or destroy it? I love that. Jesus is kind of messing with these guys. I'm going to ask you one thing three ways. It's funny. You know, I could just see the Pharisees and scribes going, wait a minute, that's three things. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nah, maybe not. Maybe it's just one. Right? Jesus is just, the Holy Spirit always keeps you ahead of the game. And looking round about upon them all, so he, after he says this, he, he looks at all of them. I could just see Jesus. Have you ever, could you imagine if one day I just, I just stopped preaching and I just started doing this? I'm, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Are you feeling uncomfortable yet? <laughs> right? I mean, he, and he just is looking at them. He's like, right? Who knows what he was doing? And looking round about them all, he said unto the man, stretch forth your hand. I bet some of them started laughing. What? 
stretch. He can't do that. But it says here, and the man did so. So the man literally had faith to be healed. He was fully persuaded based on what Jesus taught that when he saw himself well, that as he started moving, the power of God, he was fully persuaded that it would hit him. And his hand was restored whole as the other one. See, my faith is the evidence of what is on the other side of the veil. My faith is. If God said it and I heard it, then I know I will live long on this earth and declare the works of the Lord. I can do all things. Joshua 1.5, no man will ever block me from doing what God's called me to do. I'll never lack. I'm fully persuaded. And, and as I keep meditating, I, I, just, I go from fully persuaded to really fully persuaded to really, really fully persuaded, right? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Here's an example of the children of Israel. Now, this is interesting. Hebrews was written to Christian Jews. It was written about Israel and the historical events in Israel's past. The author of Hebrews is not identified. This is my opinion, but I believe that Paul is the author of Hebrews, but he didn't identify himself as the author because the Jews hated him. And he wanted this letter to be received, so he didn't identify himself. But he would have been the perfect candidate. It's obvious in the writings that it's from the Pauline revelation, the revelation he got from the Lord. And he was, he was a Pharisee. So he knew the history of Israel. He spoke Hebrew. One of the few that did. I mean, he understood. So look at what it says in verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, let us therefore fear. And that word fear means let us therefore be cautious let us therefore be aware and let us therefore be diligent lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, the children of Israel. The gospel was preached to them as well. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith, in them that heard it. See, the children of Israel, they never allowed their mouth to say that we have what God says he's given us. They would always look at their circumstances and talk their circumstances. They would look at giants. They would look at walled cities. They'd look at all this stuff and they would speak that. And they died in the wilderness. It says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. This word rest means an abiding place. It doesn't mean a thought place or an opinion place or a feeling place. No, this is an abiding place of rest. The place of rest is when you reach through the veil with your faith and you take hold of the promise of God. You can't see it, but you know you have it. That, that is the place of rest. This is why faith is a rest. Guys, so many Christians have never been to that place. That place makes you fall in love with him. The children of Israel failed to reach the veil and they, because of that, they didn't receive their inheritance. This is saying that we're not to be like them. They listened to the gospel, but they never accepted it to be true. See, Bible evil is saying that you cannot have what God says he's given you. When we think of evil, what do you always think about? You think of some person's behavior. But Bible evil is saying that I can't have what God says he's given me. So let's go real quick. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. I want you to just see this example. 
Mark eleven twenty two 22 through verse 24, and Jesus answering said unto them, have faith in God. Now this is where they saw the fig tree cursed, right? They saw it cursed and, and or he cursed it and then 24 hours later, it dried up from the root. And then they're, he, he's answering them because they're like, wow, master, check this out. That tree that you cursed is dried up from the root. And Jesus says, he answers them, all of them, and says, hey, have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. You could translate it, have the faith that God gives, whatever. It's all a good translation. And then he starts to explain now. Now remember, Hebrews 11.1 1 defined faith. But now Mark, in this, in this explanation, this is a great explanation of faith. See, there's a difference between a definition and the explanation, right? So we gave you the definition, now we got the explanation. Let's look at it. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in your heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Right? This includes, and then he goes on in verse 24, it says, therefore, because that's how faith works, let me show you how it works in prayer. Therefore, what things soever you desire, that, that includes healing, when you pray, believe that you receive it. Father, I just believe that I receive my healing. I thank you that I'm healed. That's what I'm doing right now. I've seized hold of it. Believe that you see, that word receive means to seize hold of. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I believe that I receive them and eventually I'll have them. Now this is what I want you to notice. It doesn't, in the, in the most concise explanation of faith, what it does not say is believe that you receive them and you shall have them within 18 hours. <laughs> right? Notice how Jesus never put a time frame on it. Isn't that interesting? Many work on the having part, which is God's part. See, this is my part, hearing the word, believing it, so that now I have faith and I can reach through the veil. But the having part in this realm is God's part. And God saw fit to make sure we know, don't put, don't put a time frame on this thing, because faith is now. And you can't be in time and be out of time. Right? Right? Many work on the having part, which is God's part, and let go of the believing part, which is our part. Every problem of faith has to do with this. I'm going to solve it all right now. It has to do with one word, when. It could all be summed up in that one little four-letter word, right? It's like everything that I really don't like can be summed up in the winter in snow. One little four-letter, no, I'm just teasing. But no, when, when, when. Notice it doesn't say a time. Jesus did not tell us when. Our part is to hear God's word, reach through the veil, believe we receive, and then rest by believing it's done and let God take care of the when. Well, does that mean I just don't believe? No, no, you have to believe you have it. So if you believe you have it, see, I, I believe, I really believe that I have a Toyota Avalon. I can't see it. But I believe I have it. Right? It's out in the parking lot. And, but I... This is more real to me. I believe I'm healed. I believe I'm strong. I believe I can do all things. I believe that I'll never lack in this earth. Why? Because, oh, the God of the universe backs that up. Rest is the expression of the highest level of faith. Because I'm fully persuaded. I can't see it, but I have it. I'm fully persuaded, and I'm at rest. And then God takes care of the when, and I'm thanking him and praising him, I'm thanking him and praising him here. There's no difference. I'm thanking and praising him here, and I'm also thanking and praising him here. I don't answer those silly questions from the enemy. 
This is another way. Mark chapter 11 is the second way to exercise your faith. See, the problem is people are using their faith as a spare tire. Oh my gosh, I had a blowout, so now I need faith. No, 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 no. The just shall live by faith. We want to work by faith. See this instant society, instant gratification. Remember how you used to make a pot of coffee? Now we have Keurigs. What do we do now? In, in 25 seconds, you're going to have a cup of coffee. Have you ever done this? You walk up and you realize, oh, you hit the button, and you hear this noise, and it's like heating up, and you're like, I have to wait 25 seconds. I'm telling you, you got to be careful with that because it'll help you. It'll hurt you, and, and you'll want to you'll control the when. That's why if you want to get past the when, you got to thank God all the time that I have it. That I have it. Satan, I mean, you, you get a little lackadaisical, Satan will start talking to you about how that you don't have it. He'll start out by, well, when's it going to happen? And then, yeah, you, just, you never know about this stuff. Then you wake up and you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not trying to be successful. I already am. How am I successful? The Bible says whoever's born of God already overcomes the world. I'm not trying to get the victory. I already have the victory. I'm not trying to get healed. I already am healed. I'm the healed. So sickness has to leave my body now. Poverty has to leave my body now. See, you got to stay in the word for the word to do the work. I'm going a little long, but i got to finish this. Is that okay? Who will give me two minutes? Oh, gosh, we got fun. Two, four, six, eight. I mean, we got tons. Okay. All right. Praise God. I'm going to go a little bit longer here. Romans chapter 10, verse 10 says this. We said it earlier. For with the heart, man's spirit, man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The confession of our faith reaches through the veil. The place of rest... Stay with me on this. The place of rest is the confession of your mouth that reaches through the veil. That's the place of rest. Your mouth will create rest. I believe, I believe my college loans are paid. Father, I thank you that they're paid. I debt cancellation, I believe Jesus, he... he he was in that synagogue. He said, from this day on, it's, a, it's an eternal jubilee. I believe it. Right? The place of rest, not only the confession of your mouth that's reaching through the veil, the place of rest is also the physical activity you do that is motivated by a heart full of faith. So it's something that you'll do motivated by faith or it's something that you'll say. I mean, sometimes when you have some flu symptoms in your body or whatever, God will tell you, you need to go to bed. But go to bed in faith. Go to bed healed. Father, I thank you I'm healed. Right? And I'm not letting go of that because I am. I can't see it. I can't, sure can't feel it, but I believe it. But other times... You're going to wake up with something and it might not be so good and you might not feel so good and the Lord will be like, listen, don't go to bed. You speak my word. And you better listen. Listen to what's in your heart. You'll know because you're walking by faith. His voice will become very clear and those symptoms will leave your body. You know you are at rest when you are in the place where you're fully persuaded that what God said in his word is true. In this place of rest, you are no longer moved by your senses. Now, in closing, I just want to read. I want to read this scripture to you. It's Mark chapter 11, but it's Matthew's account of this, of the fig tree. And I just want to show you one thing. In, Mar in Matthew 21, in verse 19, here's the story. And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it, talking about Jesus, and found nothing thereon but leaves only, and said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. Well, we know from Mark's account it was over 24 hours. When the disciples saw it, look at, now, now this is what I want you to see. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How soon 
the fig tree is withered away. Notice they were excited about how fast it happened. How fast things happen are really exciting to your flesh. And sometimes, have you ever prayed and just literally within minutes you're well or the answer comes and you're like, yeah, you want to come, but don't let that move you because next time you might have to believe God for a little longer than that. So don't, don't get excited because Satan, if you ever have something profound like that happen to you, Satan, the next time when you're believing God and like three months go by and it's, it's gotten, getting worse, the enemy's going to be like, well, you don't have it because remember, you believe God. The only time you've ever been in faith, Tony, is when you believe God and it showed up right away. What? You, don't, you must not have it now. Don't be moved. Like these guys were all excited about that. Notice in this story, verse 21, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if you shall say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it shall be done. Notice it didn't say it shall be done in a month, in an hour, in a minute. No. And all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer believing you shall receive. And all things, if you ask in prayer believing, you'll receive them. So I want to encourage you tonight. This is huge. You, want to, you don't want to know how, how it looks for a Christian to rest. It's right here. So if you're walking by sight, it's impossible for you to be at rest. Because the place of rest is where you have believed that you've received already. Does that make sense? And forget, don't let Satan put faith in time. Well, praise God. Let me pray for you and then we'll go.